What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. Yeah. It's like the main thing. Carbs. And bread is Which, one of my favorite things. Yeah, bread is for champions. It is. It is. Wings play at 7.30. Got Columbus tonight. Oh, nice. Got to get back to our winning ways. Lost an OT uh, on Saturday night. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it took seven rounds of shootout. It took forever. And they... Uh, so that loss is definitely not on Jimmy Howard. He played his butt off in goal. But, uh, yeah, they just couldn't get it done. I was surprised they didn't start Howard for against the Caps. Well, it's because they had a back-to-back, so I think they wanted to was it? Uh, but I was surprised. I mean, you'd think you'd start Howard against the Caps, and then you'd start Bernier against uh, – I forget who they played on Saturday. But um, instead they did the reverse. And I already bought tickets to see – because the Wings come back – uh, in like a couple weeks, I already just went out and went ahead and just bought tickets for that too. Good old four hundred section. All right. <laughs> I mean, which for caps is fine. I mean, sitting yeah. up there is for hockey is is fine. Basketball and not as that much. sucks. But for hockey, it's fine. Get my uh, some chicken tenders and fries. That's your, that's your what's that's your go to there. I mean, I don't like messing around too much walking. I know they got some better options, <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't like standing in lines, so I just get in there as quick as I can, pick out something that looks good, and get to my seat. Yeah. And good old Colt McCoy, little debut, little uh, three picks. Yes. Yeah. Little, uh, little, little, little pick central here. Yeah, that's what they want, right? They don't want Alex Smith anymore. Not throwing yeah. picks. They want. Uh, Skins fans want Colt McCoy throwing three, three, two touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> All right, I'm ready when you are. Yeah, let's do this. That's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> they're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. 
Hey everybody, welcome to the DC Crossover Podcast here, again on iTunes, on Google Play, on anywhere that you t- go to get podcasts, I guess. <laughs> I, those are really the only two ones that I know of. Google uh, Podcasts too, man. Google Podcasts. Yes, too. Google Podcasts so for newer, sure. It's a newer app though, that's the difference. Yeah, so if you're trying to figure out your new phone, new app, all you need to know is go to the podcast section and download the DC Crossover I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone joining me on the line for this podcast today. Obviously, with the holiday season upon us, it sometimes can be hard to get together in person, but we will nonetheless give you a quality program, especially uh, we need to talk some Redskins football on the show today. Obviously, the loss to Dallas. We'll get to that in a moment. We've got some of our usuals, uh, Pine Pony Express. We've got two-point conversion. Uh, and we got some Caps talk as well, Mike. I was able to get to the Caps game uh, against the Wings over the over the holiday. And I will be returning to a Capital One Arena on the 11th when the Wings come back to town again. So I had got a good look at the Caps, especially with the return of Tom Wilson. So we got some some Caps talk later. But uh, so lo- plenty to talk about on the show today. But let's go to no let's go to the team that uh, <laughs> to the team to the team that disappointed. Uh, and, and this was I mean, you and I talked about it the, leading into this week. We both had kind of different opinions. I was of the opinion that uh, the Redskins just weren't going to be able to, you know, on short rest, get it done against Dallas. My eyes are still on the Monday night football Philly game. Uh, I think where they may show, but, and you kind of thought this team may have a shot. And I think they definitely did have a shot at one point of the game. And, you know, you and I were talking earlier before we went on was uh, the fact that, you know, if you had left uh, watching the game at some point, you probably would have thought, hey, the Redskins are in pretty good shape here. Then you uh, turn the game back on, you know, in the fourth quarter, and suddenly the tide had turned for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's the biggest thing, uh, Mr. Simpson. Good day to you, sir, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) But – Hey, they scored my 23 points. I said they were going to win 23 uh, to 20, and they scored 23, but obviously they let in a lot more. But um, uh, my initial reactions of the game were uh, that they played pretty they played pretty well, uh, but the problem is, is that we keep saying, Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. That's like the cliche that all these uh, teams out there that have, you know, I would say average to above average defenses uh, and better offenses. We don't have a good offense, by the way, but – you know, with the type of defense that we have and other other teams in the NFL, this is the biggest thing that you got to look at is the bend don't break mentality. We bent uh, a decent amount. I mean, especially the first uh, drive of the ball game, ten plays, seventy five yards for the Cowboys. Uh, and kudos to them; they just they, they needed everything they they wanted to at will uh, for the most part in that drive. We we stopped. I mean, ten plays is, is still you know that's it's still pretty good. Uh, amount of plays to do in a drive but the first uh, drive of the game that that just it just set the tone but literally I think that they stopped Zeke for the most part because he had about four or five runs uh, in that first drive and everyone thought wow okay he had was like six runs for 35 yards or whatever and then all of a sudden he went uh, about like 20 for like 90 
which is still pretty decent. Don't get me wrong. Like AP, that's pretty pretty much his line almost every game. But you know, AP's also you know <laughs> the 30, 39 years old, fifty years old, whatever he is. And that's the difference is that you know Zeke didn't run. He had this thing his second worst game in his career against the Skins in round one. Uh, their second round now. It's just you know they they started doing what they wanted to and I think also a lot of those yards from Zeke came in the second half when the Cowboys were up uh, by a decent amount of points but you have to look at the Redskins and say the secondary is an issue right now because Quentin Dunbar you know he didn't have a great game obviously uh, but he's, he's coming off injury so he came back and I thought that was a big boost uh, because I honestly don't think he was ready because he was ruled out pretty decently early in the last week's game against the Texans and three days is going to make that much of a difference. I didn't think so, but I thought we got lucky having him back. But initially, uh, you know, you're like Fabian Moreau, okay? Third round pick out of UCLA. We thought he was going to be a first round talent. That's what everyone said. People thought he was a steal of the draft because he just had injury concerns. But he's healthy. And since Kendall Fuller went to the Chiefs in the Alex Smith trade, you know, and Quentin Dunbar being injured. That makes him, instead of being the fourth corner, now they're putting him in the second corner and, and lining him up on uh, premier slot guys like a Cole Beasley and, and different types of guys uh, that we had a couple the past two, three weeks. And he's just getting burned, dude. Like, literally, he is getting burned left and right. Yep. And that's why you saw Amari Cooper. I mean, he, he missed a tackle. And it's just, I mean, the rest was history. But Amari Cooper, I mentioned to you uh, off air, you know, 130 yards in two catches. I mean, that you can't have that. Because that, that's that's what winning football teams do, and don't get me wrong, you know I, I'm a realist for the most part. I'm a homer for the Redskins, and I hate the Cowboys. But literally, you have to look at the, the, the Cowboys and think they're not that great of a football team. Yeah, they won three games in a row and they squeaked by a couple times, you know this and that. But I mean, if you have 130 yards and two touchdowns and two catches by one guy that's going to lose you the football game with ease. I mean, yeah, 13, 10. for sure. It skews the statistics a bit there with the fact that, uh, I mean, yeah. let, let's run through some of the, 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 the team comparisons. And it's funny because when you look at the actual stats from the game, you don't necessarily see a, a, a giant difference. I mean, Dallas, yeah. 404 yards total. Uh, skins, 331. Uh, Dallas, 258 yards through the air. Washington, 251. That's pretty even. There's seven yards difference in the air. Uh, on the yep. ground, Dallas, yeah, 146 yards. Skins only got 80. Um, but then, you know, obviously some of the, the key stats are, you know, three picks for DC. Uh, for DC. Um, yep. And that, that kind of, and Dallas, more, more time of possession and things like that. But yeah, Mike, it seems that, I mean, it's, it was really just that kind of explosion uh, that happened in that third quarter that really changed the game entirely. Those, you know, that uh, helped by some penalties for sure. And I know you weren't too happy with the officiating, nor have you been too happy with the officiating of late. It seems <laughs> like, uh, again, you had an, uh, a tweet do pretty well out there. Um, and I, I got to think that, I mean, and I, it's funny because I was talking to Dan Nampha, who, who has written for the, the, the website and has appeared on this show. We were talking just about how atrocious the officials have been yeah. this season. And it's something that people talk about, it seems like, every single year. It's, oh, how bad the officials are. But, Mike, it seems like, and I don't know if it's possible for them to be getting any worse, but it sure seems like it. I don't know if maybe because now we've got more cameras and we've got so, uh, more instant replay and all that stuff, so maybe we're seeing it more. But, man, some of these calls are just, it, it's it's unbelievable. And I know 
the, the, the old adage is always like, you know, well, they're seeing it in real time. So they're re- reacting to the real time. But, Mike, there's some calls out there where you're just like, you know, I, I know that if I saw it in real time, I'm pretty sure I would have get it right. <laughs> yeah, ser- seriously. That's what I'm talking about is and, and you mentioned my tweet. Thank you very much. I had to send it to you today through text uh, just because I was actually kind of surprised because it's actually gone up by 5000 views since last week. Um, my tweet has 20,000 views. I was very surprised by that. Definitely my best ever. Um, but that's a side note. But literally, that tweet, uh, really, when you look at the picture that I tweeted out with it, um, was last week's you know last throw of the game you know to Josh Doxson and, and everyone, like I mentioned last week on our podcast, Matthew Barry, like the fantasy guru for ESPN, uh, Joe Theismann, they, all these guys that are out there that are well-recognizably, uh, or I should say well-recognized, I should say, um, excuse my, my terrible English, uh, <laughs> well-recognized guys that are, you know, in the NFL or do stuff with the NFL or whatever it may be are saying these officials are atrocious. They're terrible. And, like, that's the thing is, you know, that, that call on Doxon, that was awful. Um, then just, just fast forward because I already complained about it last week. But fast forward to this game against the Cowboys, there were three key plays. One was a 15-yard penalty face mask that was blatant on Colt McCoy, where the guy grabbed his face mask for, it wasn't like one of those incidental, like, ah, 50-50 kind of things. No, he grabbed his face mask, okay? Luckily, he, he let go of it, uh, and Colt, you know, got got a playoff for the most part, but that's a 15-yard penalty, okay? That's number one. Number two, they had the uh, the, the, the stupid play where they held uh, Bo Harris for, the, for one of their interceptions, okay? That was stupid. I mean, there was a, a, a blatant uh, hold because they held him twice on the play. How do you hold twice in the play? <laughs> and it, it's like they held him uh, when he made his cut. Then when he was running after the cut, they held him again. And that's why the ball was thrown behind. Or I mean, it was a ter- still a terrible throw. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cole McCoy threw a lot of ducks out there. I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, they, were, they were horrendous. Yeah, we'll get to there. him in a second. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm seeing, though, is that, like, literally, that, that was another hold. And then you look at the, the, the Jordan Reed helmet to helmet. I mean, for a guy that's, that gets injured a lot, don't get me wrong, he has been phenomenal this season with not getting injured. That's the biggest thing you got to look at right now. Stat lines aside, he gets injured all the time. And this this year, somehow, the guy's played almost pretty much every game. So you're looking at it and saying, how is that helmet to helmet not even called? I mean, that that's blatant. And they have like, what, six, seven refs out there that are most likely looking at the, a lot of the same things. How do you get that wrong? I just don't get it. And that's the thing is like, when, when you know Jordan Reed's out there throwing his helmet on the sidelines and this and that because these guys are helmet to helmet. I mean, and like I said, it's it, it, some of this did you know play a factor in the game. Don't get me wrong, but it it, it still it, it makes a big difference when these refs are just like when, when you think that you're out there against the refs. The last two weeks, like I had somebody tweet my tweet from last week, uh, some moron out there. And don't get me wrong, you can have your own opinion, but some moron out there tweeted me back saying. Well, how can you blame it on the refs? You, you don't know if they would have won the game even if they called the play. And, they, and I was like, they, they had a 63-yarder after that. <laughs> like, okay, I would definitely take a 37 over a 63. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like How can you be that moronic? And it's just like, I just look at it and say... Wait, so you're telling me people on Twitter are dumb? They, yes, a, lo- a, a lot of them. That guy had a lot less followers than me. That's I mean, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, less I, I, followers I, than you. Yeah, that's <laughs> all of us at this point. Oh, my gosh. You're, it, you're the big man on Twitter now. lately. Uh, I mean, well, te- technically, I tried to – once we started applying for jobs out of college, stuff like that, I st- tried to get off Twitter for the most part. Uh, but I literally only go on Twitter now is to – or basically to uh, congratulate the Caps for playing well, uh, you know, 
t telling the Wizards they suck, yep. uh, and also you know talking about the Redskins game almost every single play. Um, but really, it's just it, I mean I tell you, dude, it's just been atrocious the last two weeks, and, and like you said, it hasn't been just these games. The Redskins have been screwed now for two weeks. Again, this, it, it didn't didn't really you know play a huge factor in the, in the Cowboys game. Still pretty, we're still really bad. Don't get me wrong. It played a big factor in the Texas game more so, but in the entire NFL. And, and I've seen tweets and, and different things out there saying, why can't you hold these guys accountable when somebody out there, a player or whatever, does something uh, terrible or or whatever? I mean, they get suspended, fined, whatever it may be. But then you look at these refs and they play or, or they're out there and, and they're doing a horrible job. Why can't they get suspended or fined? I mean, these guys, most of them are lawyers or, or attorneys or, 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 or I, mean, I keep saying things with the law. But, you know, they're basically these high profile people out there that have good, good degrees and all this kind of stuff. They get paid a ton of money with the NFL. Why can't they get suspended or fined or, or whatever? I just don't get it, man. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of accountability, and we talk about it all the time with Major League Baseball and the fact that you've got uh, umpires that are just uh, absolute true. garbage, and there's really they don't get to talk to the, they don't have to talk to the media, and they don't really have to answer any questions. Oh God, Blas <laughs> is terrible. So is what uh, on, on Angel Hernandez. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. There's, what's, the, what's, uh, what's the other guy named Joe something? Joe. Uh, it's, what's his name? Yeah, I know you're, it's Country Joe, <laughs> but I forget his yeah. last name. Um, <laughs> That's, that's what gonna, he goes by in the hood. Yeah, that's going to bother me. <laughs> Joe, God, what is his name? It's not Joe Buck. I keep thinking Joe Buck. But that's I keep thinking of Joe Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Joe Morgan. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll think of it. it we'll think of it. <laughs> uh, so Colt McCoy. Sucks. Colt McCoy makes his debut uh, in Dallas. Not not really debut, but first time starting in a long time, obviously. Um, Three years. And, uh, you know, this was one of those things where he's a Texas kid, uh, went to UT. Uh, a lot of there was some you know storylines around that, that, hey, you know, Colt McCoy wins in Dallas, you know, things like that. Um, so Colt McCoy, 24 for 38, uh, 268 yards, two uh, passing touchdowns, also uh, had five carries for 28 yards, five ru uh, runs for 28 yards, um, but three picks. And that yeah. definitely, and you know, we, we joked about it earlier, though. Uh, I mean, there is definitely a difference in uh, Alex Smith and in Colt McCoy, and there's positives sure. and negatives with each one. With with Alex Smith, you know, the positives were, you know, the guy took care of the, 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 the football. He did not throw many picks. The negatives were the guy was not a gunslinger. He wasn't going to be a guy that throws it uh, down the field for 60 yards. Now we're starting to see uh, more of a gunslinger quarterback in Colt McCoy and the issues that may arise with that. And this was one of those games. Now, is he going to throw three picks every game? Of course not. But this was the exposing the weakness of a quarterback like Colt McCoy, where you don't want to throw more interceptions than you do touchdowns. And that's definitely what happened. Yeah, literally, when you're looking at his stat line, just like you mentioned, he's not going to throw three picks every game. Now, now people need to calm down. I mean, you heard it on local radio. You, heard, you saw it on social media. Wherever there is type, some type of media, uh, or medium, I should say, so that people can complain or, or say their say their you know piece. Everyone wanted Colt McCoy. I mean, there was you know a few Alex Smith backers, but everyone was saying the same thing, and we said the same thing as well. There's a lot more risk with him at quarterback, but there's also a lot more reward at him for, with him at quarterback. And I think the risk outweighs the reward uh, for the most part. That's why he's still yes, he's not a starter. I mean, that's that's obviously the given. Uh, but you, I mean. You just look at Colt and say, okay, he, he has known the system for a long time. I think it's five years now he's been in the system. Hasn't started the game, though, in three years. And the biggest thing about it is that 
you know what? This is what you're going to get. I mean, you're not going to get, like you said, the three picks, but you're going to get two touchdowns and over 250 yardage uh, almost every single game with him at the helm. And, you know, his QBR sucked. He, he did get three sacks, um, which he's prone to, to do is get a lot of sacks. Um, uh, but, you know, the rushing sack, I heard someone today on the radio say, well, you know what? Uh, and it was actually an analyst, too. I'm not going to say the name, but the analyst said, Oh, well, you're not going to get the rushing attack like Alex Smith. I, I don't honestly recall Alex Smith running at all. Yeah, much I, neither do I. Season. No. I kept saying that was, a, that was a secondary attribute for him was his, his, his legs and all that stuff. Well, I think it was a secondary attribute because it was one of those things that you saw rarely in Kansas City. But when he did it, you know, defenses weren't worried about that because of the whole fact they had to worry about Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and, uh, and uh, what's, what's his face? Um, Ah, geez, uh, Tyler Kelsey is on, or is it Travis Kelsey? Oh, geez, I'm getting the name wrong. But they had to worry about all those weapons. The Redskins don't have those weapons, so you know everyone was looking. Oh, when's he going to run? Oh, he ran. Oh my gosh, he got four yards. I mean, Cole McCoy, like you mentioned, he had to be five for twenty-eight. That's pretty damn good for a quarterback. And I'll take his legs over Alex Smith at this point. I mean, well, you know, I shouldn't say that's kind of rude to say, but I didn't mean it in that fashion. Where you know, he'll take his legs over his legs. No, I think you of, did. One, I think you did the, mean the, it. And I, we're going to send this recording <laughs> to Alex Smith. And his yep. family, and let them uh, <laughs> let them listen to that. Yeah. I apologize for that warning. Though. I mean, I think every, everybody knows that. Look, Cole McCoy is not the long-term solution at quarterback yeah. for the Redskins. He is the short-term. Hey, let's just try to get through this season and see if we can, you know, make a run in this playoffs with this young, uh, well, no, not so young anymore, but with this gunslinger yeah. quarterback, and and see what we can do, and then you know, figure out next year when when next year happens. Um, and, and, and we talked about it last week that, you know, not a terrible solution. I mean, there's really not a lot to work with um, out there. There wasn't, it's not like you're going to have Mark Sanchez be your starting quarterback uh, compared to a guy that's been in the system for five years. So, um, yeah, so you, you get the negatives with, with Colt McCoy. We saw it on display here. Uh, let, let's let's kind of jump into our stock report. Um, and, let's do it. And you can't choose Colt McCoy because uh, we just <laughs> talked about him, but... Another player that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with a stock down that I didn't really, you know, like what I saw out of Adrian Peterson. I mean, uh, 12 carries, 35 yards, averaged about 2.9 yards a carry. I'd like to him, for him to have more carries. I mean, probably closer to, you know, 20 plus, but uh, he didn't really seem to do much uh, with what he was given in, uh, in this game. And I don't know if the blocking wasn't there or what, but... Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, this was the type of game, Thanksgiving Day, they could have l- really needed a 75-plus yard game out of him, and they just didn't yeah. get it. Yeah, that's the one big thing is you have to look at uh, Jalen Smith and their new uh, first-round pick, Van Der Esch. I mean, those two linebackers. Van Der Esch, I don't think, is, is uh, like a all-pro or anything like that. But I think he's a sound linebacker that's going to make the tackle. Uh, as you saw, I mean, he made nine total tackles, seven solos. Um, then also you see Jalen Smith, one sack, one tackle for loss, six solo, solo tackles. I mean, they, they, they were sound at the linebacker position. That's one thing that you need with Sean Lee, uh, who's never healthy. I don't even know why he's on the team, honestly. I guess he's like a Bob Sanders from the Colts back in the day where he plays six games in the season and he's done. Um, but uh, I, I just think that when you're looking at Adrian Peterson, it's going to be one of those seasons. I mean, obviously, I say one of those seasons. They've already played 11 games. But, you know, we've seen that uh, from time to time again now is, you know, he'll break a few big runs and, and, and 
basically get his yardage in that sense. But they're going to, I mean, with his age, he doesn't have that burst uh, that he did when he was with the Vikings for so many years. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, we did see him outrun some of those guys, uh, you know, a few games ago when he had that big, long run. But he has had those legs that he did. And, you know, yes, he is a freak of nature, you know, with his injury and, and coming back and almost pretty much running uh, out the wazoo pretty much after his ACL injury. But literally, he did, he's not that guy anymore. So, you know, and I totally agree with you. 12 carries, not enough. But I think with the three picks being down by that, that much, I mean, that's the problem is that the Redskins trying to come out of holes. I think, honestly, to, uh, to put it this way, just to end, uh, this little uh, thought real, real quick that I think that everyone kept saying they can't come out of a hole but whenever they're down they always lose it's not, I think with Colt McCoy they have a lot better shot at climbing back than, than Alan Smith but you know Adrian Peterson that's really gonna you know hurt oh sorry man I thought you were who's that is that Abby <laughs> yeah that was Abby sorry she was in the room for a second jeez <laughs> Abby what are you doing um, but uh, I lost my train of thought but anyways Colt McCoy, or, uh, Adrian Peterson stock report down there you go <laughs> got it got it got <laughs> whatever, it whatever it is yeah, this is what happens when you record at home sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, yeah, we want we, pizza. Hey, by the way, uh, Domino's has 50% off pizza today for Cyber Monday. Can you believe that? 75% off. Wow. All right, wait, 50, 50% off. Okay, Sorry. I was about to say, 75% off. 75% like, off. Dude, I might buy the whole entire franchise. Yeah, I was about to say. Um. <laughs> uh, so that was my, my my stock down. Who'd you have for uh, for stock up? Uh, or, stock or down? Up. Or either one? Uh, here, let's go with the negatives first. Let's do a couple stock downs. We'll do a couple stock sure. downs. Okay. Uh, stock down is the secondary. And I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, and I've already mentioned it before, so I'm not going to try to harp on it too much. Uh, DJ Swearinger can only do so much. But ha-ha, Clinton Dix, you know, he had a great game last week. This week, though, I mean, only four tackles. Last week, he had, what, 11 tackles and pretty much led the team. Uh, he didn't do so well. And he even said it himself that he, he expects a lot more out of himself. Uh, right after the game, he mentioned that. And I just think that you have to look at the cornerback position right now and say, this team is in trouble without Kendall Fuller, uh, who, who, you know, and I told you many times, Ben, I'm a tech guy and I love Kendall Fuller. I think that was a steal of, a, of a, the, probably Bruce Allen's, one of his best picks he could ever make in his life. Uh, you know, and I think it was in the third round. I mean, he, he was a first-round talent. He was, he's the best Fuller brother. And his brother got drafted, I think, 13th overall by the Bears only a few years ago. So it's like he's the best Fuller brother. I mean, I've seen it for a year and a year out at, at Virginia Tech that you know, he was a beast. And just because of his injury history, he dropped down to the third-round pick. And he's, he's been a monster. And now he's at the Kansas City Chiefs. And look at them. They're, they're, I mean, I, I, he's probably the happiest guy on earth right now because he went from the Redskins team that was you know 7-9 last year to a Chiefs team that's scoring 60 points a game. So... I, honestly, it, it, they just—they have to really worry about the secondary, especially at the end of this year. Uh, but also, I think that's one of their biggest needs uh, come the draft here, coming April. Stock up. Let's go. I'll say Preston Smith. I thought uh, <laughs> you have to give him some props though. In the second half, though, it's not bad. Yeah, I think uh, obviously he had some moments in the game, and we talked about it earlier that that weren't so great. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't, maybe I don't want to go with him. Um, <laughs> somebody else <laughs> i mean i guess i guess i'll throw tress way another shout out because i thought you know five punts on the game four inside the 20 one one of them was 54 yards and it seems like every single week we're, we're, we're complimenting him and so I'll, I'll give him some props again stock up for tress way hey by the way i saw uh, i think it was i don't know if it was a stat or 
or some rating, but maybe it was Pro Football Focus or something that had Tress Way wasn't even in the top five punters in the league. That's crazy. Bet, that's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, five punts and four inside the 20 is 54 was his longest. I don't understand what he has to do. I mean, you have to, you know, create drama or something to get noticed. I don't, I don't understand that, but that, that's ridiculous. But yeah, tr- trust way definitely stock up on him. Uh, stock up for me uh, has to be um, Trey Quinn again. I mean, Trey Quinn was just a monster yet again for the Skins. La- last week against the Texans, uh, you know, he, he played really well. Had about four catches uh, for I think it was like about forty-nine uh, yards or something like that. This week, not a lot of yardage, but he had that amazing catch in the end zone uh, with a with a, a corner that played very well against him uh, in, in that that route, which I think was a little curl route for the most part. And then Cole McCoy, okay throw uh, that I mean, it was he gave him a chance. And Trey Quinn had to make the most of it. And he did uh, five catches, twenty six yards. Again, like I said, not a lot of yardage, um, but he's going to be one of those guys in the slot uh, that I, I even tweeted out. I think he's going to ch- take Jamison Crowder's. Uh, spot because if Trey Quinn can stay healthy which he, he has over the past you know couple weeks but you know, he was hurt before but I think that was kind of a kind of a freaky injury kind of thing but if if Jameson Crowder's contract is coming up here soon uh, do you really think that Trey Quinn can actually make sure that he solidifies that slot position and Jameson Crowder they can let walk and pay somebody else I mean I think that's going to be a big opportunity for them what do you think yeah I, I agree I think uh, I, I think the, the wide receiver shuffle is kind of going to be interesting to watch. Oh yeah, because uh, there is there's there's some different guys like you said that can kind of step in and out um, of, of those shoes. So, you know, as far as uh, you know, finishing off the stock report, Mike, I, I think as, as we saw, you know, this was back to back games where you know it, it's it's a disappointing end, and this is now heading into a pretty big Monday night football game that we already kind of oh, yeah. had circled. Uh, for a while now, and uh, I, I bet at the beginning of the season when we looked at this Monday Night Football game, we did not necessarily predict these records here uh, with the Redskins at 6-5 and five and Philly at 5-6. and six. We thought maybe it would be the other way around or, or something like that, but Philly obviously just has not performed uh, the way that people thought they may. Um, but, you know, this is a great opportunity for the Redskins to, you know, Re- get back on track, especially heading into uh, you know the last few weeks of the season. So uh, Monday night, eight fifteen p.m. Last time these two teams played, the Eagles won thirty four twenty four. That was back in October of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mike, we're talking Eagles. You know, eighteenth ranked offense, twenty fourth ranked defense. Not a good defensive team. Uh, pretty good passing, somewhere in the middle of the pack. Not great rushing. Uh, and, and again, a team that just has underperformed this season. I think this is a, a tremendous opportunity for the Redskins to be able to get it done on, uh, on Monday Night Football. Yeah, no doubt about it. When you're looking at the Eagles, I mean, they're just an up-and-down football team this year. And I think it's mainly because, number one, they have injuries. Don't get me wrong. But I'll get to that in a second. But Carson Wentz, I mean, I've had, actually technically, I've had two ACL surgeries. But my, my injuries were a little bit more uh I mean, a little bit more crazy because I tore multiple ligaments in both my knees uh, playing sports. But uh, Carson Wentz, I think that he's kind of a shell of himself. Like I said last week, I think that, you know, when you when you see him go out there and play, um, you know, it, it's just he's kind of like tentative on a lot of things. You didn't, see, you didn't see him like that last year. Last year, you know, you saw him getting out of the pocket. Make, I mean, I don't know if all the Skip fans out there remember him. Uh, making that play against the Skins, where we had it for a sack. Somehow he scored it out and ran for like 30 yards. 
I mean, you don't see that this year. That's the biggest thing that I look at for Carson Wentz is he just doesn't have uh, that that extra, I don't know if you want to call it gear or uh, some, maybe it's something mental uh, that doesn't make him the MVP caliber. Because last year he was playing phenomenal before he got hurt. And that's the biggest thing I look at is you got to watch out for Carson Wentz because if you can rattle him just a little bit, I mean, look at this past week. They barely beat the, the, the Giants. I mean, earlier in the season, they actually played pretty well, and they, and they crushed them 34-13. That was probably, I think it was their biggest win of the season. And, you know, you look at their schedule uh, throughout the rest of the season, and they're, they're doing squeakers, man. I mean, literally, they, they, they beat the Falcons by six. They lost the Bucks by six. They beat the Colts by four. They lost to the, the Titans by three. I mean, they lost to the Vikings by two. I mean, everything is like six points or lower. So if the Redskins get one of these uh, these these barn burner games, which are you know basically you know a, a squeaker that they can try to get through, I'll take it. I mean, I'll, I'll take that all day. They won barely at home uh, against the Giants, and then they they lost at home against the Cowboys when the Cowboys were still reeling, and that was after a bye week. So. Honestly, uh, and, and my last point uh, is their injuries. And don't get me wrong, I think the Redskins, which I don't have that stat in front of me, are probably one top three most injured teams in the entire NFL. Yeah, gotta but be. You, yeah, but you look at the Eagles though; they're, they're missing Sidney Jones, their their second uh, corner. They're also missing Jalen Mills, who I think is their their first corner. Um, maybe Roby is also in there as well um, for for somebody to look at the top three corners. But at the same time, they're missing. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four corners. They're missing Jason Kelsey, uh, but he also is is starting to be full full go now. And then Darren Sproles, he's he was out. I mean, you see all these guys out there that are in their secondary. Jordan Hicks, he didn't play uh, at, at the linebacker spot. So you're looking at all these uh, defensive secondary, and also one of their main guys. Uh, in the front seven, Jordan Hicks out with injury. So I think, especially with Colt now at the quarterback spot, I, I'm looking at a big game for Colt. Honestly, I think the Redskins uh, are going to handle this game very, very well. And I think they're going to go out there and possibly uh, even blow out the Eagles, honestly, because you look at this this game, and it fares really well for the Redskins because, uh, I mean, yes, they, they, they do have a chance to uh, take a little breather uh, of about what, six or seven days, I think. Uh, excuse me. I get a little stuffed up here. Um, yeah, you're getting uh, emotional. Yeah. Well, not really. I just, I'm getting over that cold, remember? Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. I'm more emotional about the Cowboys loss. But still, like, you're looking at it. I mean, today I saw a tweet, and today is Monday for people out there who want to know, um, that a lot of people were resting today for practice, which is good. I'd rather have everyone rest, try to get a little kind of a semi-bye week in there and, and try to get their feet under them. But honestly, Ben, looking at this game, I think it's going to be a real good win for the Redskins because, number one, they need it, and also, number two, they need Dallas to get crushed by the Saints, which I think is going to happen, obviously. Uh, but literally, if the Redskins can win this game and, and get another division game, because the only reason that Dallas is up in the division now, I mean, they got the tiebreaker, and everyone's like, oh, they got the tiebreaker. You know, it's because like, well, they played one more division game. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't count. I mean, it's like you got you to look at it that way. But honestly, if I want to go with a prediction right now, and I'll get to your prediction in a second. I think the Redskins are going to win, and I think they're going to win handily 31-20. to 20. 
Ooh, see, I was thinking of 31 as well. That was a number in my mind. Ooh, I'll say great minds think alike. I'll say 31-14. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Redskins' wow. defense holds up pretty good. Current NFC East standings: Dallas on top at six and five overall, three and one in the division, as you mentioned, yep. Mike. Redskins six and five overall, but only two and one in the division. One last division game, and the Eagles five and six. They're two and one in the division, and then the New York Giants three and eight overall. 0 and 4 in the NFC East. So we've got a couple weeks left of this regular season, and hopefully we'll be talking some postseason dreams here soon, hopefully, but there's still a lot to be decided. It's a big game this week. Uh, This is going to be huge. So we'll we'll definitely be providing you our rapid reactions after the game uh, next week. So we'll uh, feel free to interact with Mike and with uh, DC Crossover uh, at the DC Crossover on Twitter throughout the Monday Night Football contest, um, and then at at uh, what Cerrone sixteen? Yeah, man. <laughs> on Twitter, I see. I remember I'm it. I'm famous. At Cerrone sixteen, be one of the millions of followers that are finding uh, Mike Cerrone on Twitter. That about wraps it up for our Redskins segment. Uh, any final thoughts here, Mike? Uh, so you mentioned. All right, so Cole McCoy is your. Besides Cole McCoy, any other player to watch uh, for either side heading into uh, Monday night? I mean, the, the biggest thing for the Eagles is their passing attack. And if, if Carson Wentz can get off his game a little bit, uh, I, I think, honestly, I'll say players to watch. I, I, you have to go uh, with the defensive line and then Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan. I think if Preston Smith can have a game like he did this past week and Ryan Kerrigan can maybe squirt through and get a sack, maybe a sack and a half or so, that's going to get Carson Wentz to think, oh, I need to, you know, throw it, throw it quicker, uh, you know, and get the ball out of my hands quicker and do three-step drops, maybe in a five-step drop to sprinkle in there as well and get away from those seven-step drops. So um, Jason Peters is going to be a big deal. Uh, and also Lane Johnson, uh, the two tackles for the Eagles, are going to be very big deals to see if they can handle Preston Smith coming off his best game of the season than Ryan Kerrigan. So I think that front seven, the battle in the trenches is going to be a big deal because I think they're going to stop their run pretty well. Don't get me wrong, but you got to watch out for Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, the receivers for the the Eagles are their strong spot right now, uh, especially with all the injuries. So I'm hoping that 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 battle in the trenches goes goes the Redskins' way because if it doesn't, then my score is going to be completely wrong and it's going to be a lot tighter than I think. But honestly, I think the front seven uh, of the defensive line and the, the, the outside linebackers for the Redskins are going to make a huge difference. You heard it from the man himself. Keep an eye out. Monday Night Football, Eagles and Redskins. We'll step aside. Come on back with us for the two-point conversion and some turkey talk right here (laughs) on the DC Crossover. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit parandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places. Spaces. 
people. Welcome back to the DC crossover right here on iTunes, Google Play, uh, all the podcast places. I never know the list. We, we, we say the same <laughs> list every single time. I forget the, the second or third one every time. Um, so we move on from some Redskins talk now to some two-point conversion, uh, our segment here Let's where we talk it. about some things outside of sports and the biggest subject matter of them all would be what happened on Thursday while the Redskins were stinking it up. It was Thanksgiving, and Mike, I hope that you had a lovely Thanksgiving at the Sarone household. You as household. well, sir. You as well. So we're talking uh, Thanksgiving dishes here, um, and this is kind of a, a classic argument, and, and, and people always have to talk about the most overrated and the most underrated dish on your Thanksgiving day. Um, I will, oof, I think I will start with underrated. Yeah, I'll start with that. So underrated, and I, I mean, this is just in my eyes, so people may be like, oh, you're wrong. Um, underrated, to me, it's all about the gravy. Because, you know, obviously turkey we know is, is a staple. We know the potatoes are going to be there, stuffing, etc. But what really ties them all together is a well-done gravy. Uh, and, and you can you can buy the gravy at the store, or you can make it, or whatever. But if the gravy's good, everything's going to be good. That is oh, yeah. the that is the the glue, so to speak, that ties it uh, ties your meal together. So I am always you know, my my mom makes a terrific gravy. Uh, I, that is an underrated dish. I think people pay attention more to the big names on the plates, and they they, they, they don't forget who's who's there through it all. That's the gravy. Yeah, I think the gravy. I don't even know how to how to put it, man. Like I asked you last week um, about if you're a gravy on everything type of guy, and I don't know who makes the gravy at, at my house now. Uh, just a little background. So this year at my aunt's house is that's the go to. We always go to my aunt Vicky's house over in Chantilly, Virginia, in Fairfax. So basically, uh, with significant others and uh, people being around for the holidays and different stuff like that, which you never know if people are going to be around or not. Because uh, everyone's plans and whatnot. There was about, I would say, 25 to 30 people over there this year, which was nuts. Um, that's, that's always one of those, uh, not not because of the amount of food. There was plenty of food, but uh, just the, the hassle to get food uh, you know, on your plate because of the so many people around. Your yeah, you got to load up. It, it, it's it, it's a one it's a one plate deal and you're done. I mean, also when the, the Redskins are about to play, you know, it's it's different. We had dinner around two thirty, uh, Skins played at four thirty, you know, so it's it's a it's a one plate deal. So you have to go load up with your one plate, like you said, and get get it done. Um, but it, my my Thanksgiving was pretty pretty good. You know, we always have really really great food. Uh, most everyone you know brings a certain dishes like you said your family does as well how'd the mac and cheese turn out by the way mac and cheese turned out pretty good i think i ate most of it um people <laughs> it, it got good reviews but and, and that kind of leads into my overrated a little bit mike is uh so i i think and i know this may be more of a it depends household to household as far as tradition goes and maybe it's more of a southern thing but the mac and cheese the more after a couple years in a row of having it, I just don't think it needs to be there. I think you, you already get filled up by everything else, um, you know, that you don't really need the mac and cheese. I think you, you're, you're just saying that because you don't want to you don't want to make it again. 
Well, you're right. It was a lot of work. You could put mac and cheese on anything. You could put it on a burger. You could put it on Yeah, but Mike, if we're talking, I mean, you've got the turkey. You've got the stuffing. you got potatoes. you got bread if you have it there, too. I mean, you've got enough stuff there. You don't need the mac and cheese. It's just taking up... Uh, it's occupying space because you can have mac and cheese any time of the year. It's not like that's like a like I could have it on literally every day of the week and it's not a big deal. Um, but with Thanksgiving, you're really only having that combination of stuff, you know, once a year. Um, so it's it's a little more special. Mac and cheese, man, I can throw the craft into the into the pot, you know, whenever. Um, not that I my, mine was not made with craft mac and cheese, by the way. <laughs> that was uh, I don't even know what brand it was. Uh, Barilla, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think forward? I think mac and cheese might be a little little overrated when it comes to Thanksgiving food. I don't know. And, and, and to end what I was saying about my, my Thanksgiving, that uh, Jen made a sweet potato casserole. It was the first time ever making it, and actually got very good reviews. I was very uh, I was shocked. Obviously, that's a lot of pressure to go to boyfriend's yeah, family's house and you know, bring a dish. Wow. Yeah, I was saying like like people were saying, wow, it's really good. No one knew who made it. I mean, well, a couple of them did. But no one really, you know, figured out who made it until later. So it wasn't like, you know, oh, it's, it's good. You do like the little friends bit when uh, when uh, Rachel makes an English trifle. Um, and uh, I don't know if you remember that episode. But anyways, when everyone's like, you know, pretending they like it. But it was, it was very, oh, Don't very worry, good. Mike. I've seen every single episode. <laughs> okay, good. Just making, just making sure we're, we're on the same page here. But uh, going into my uh, underrated and overrated. So. I think, and I think your mac and cheese bit is that's that's just off the off off the. I don't even know what you want to call it. That's all off key. We'll put it that way. Uh, that, that's just. I mean, mac and cheese, dude. Like I said, I understand your viewpoint where it's like, okay, this is a one-time holiday for, uh, per year. You know, you, you go with the big turkey and you do this and you do that. And you know, one time a year, kind of like putting Christmas lights up, unless you're weird and have Christmas lights up all year. Um, but literally, it's that's the biggest thing is that mac and cheese like you want dishes that can go on anything you want dishes that everyone's gonna like like you don't want to have like the lame cranberry sauce like i've never tried it in my life but it looks yeah so i'm not a fan I'm, either I'm, I'm done i'm, I'm out i'm yeah, with I'm you on, i'm with you on that so it's like you want to have a dish that everyone likes to have and you know if you don't if, you, if you're like okay I'm, I'm gonna pass the mac and cheese today like okay but you know, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's overrated. I think that um, you know, I, I like I said, I see your viewpoint, but I kind of I'll agree to disagree. But that's just because I love mac and cheese. And I love some. I right mean, now. I love it's it too. Really I mean, don't get me wrong. I just think yeah. as a Thanksgiving dish, overrated. Okay. Yeah. True. 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 Okay. I got you. So, my uh, most underrated dish is corn pudding. You ever had corn pudding? I have. Okay. I think I think it's is it. Is it Corn pudding casserole or whatever it's called. It's like basically cornbread and corn just put in a dish. Yes. <laughs> you know, put together, whatever it's called. And that's so underrated, man. Like, I, I think it's my, I think my Aunt Tracy makes it every year. And that damn thing is so damn good. I just, I mean, I can't have enough of that. Like, last year, I have, I mean, obviously I told you my, my troublesome issues this year with so many people. But, I mean, last year I must have had two or three plates full of just corn pudding, man. I went ham on that corn pudding. Like, I made a huge dent in that thing. It was unbelievable. And, I, like, I was I was just so shocked. I mean, ate that much. Actually, not really. But at the same time, it I mean, it's amazing. I love corn pudding. It's, I mean, it's, it's something you don't get all the time. Like, who's going to sit there and say, ah, this is a, a, a great Sunday for football. I'm going to go and make corn pudding. Like, no, you don't do that because you don't see that often. Just kind of like what your argument was with mac and cheese. You know, it's a one-time deal. Corn pudding is pretty much a one- to two-time deal a year. So, oh, for sure. I, I think it's definitely my most underrated dish. Now, I mean, my most overrated dish, 
I mean, it's very hard, uh, you know, to pinpoint certain things. Obviously, Mac, or, uh, I should say mashed potatoes is like a given. You can have mashed potatoes, you know, almost every day of the year and be happy uh, with that gravy, obviously. Um, but I, I really, have you ever been to the Honey Baked Ham store? I have not, but I know yeah. that people really like that. I, I've, never, I've never, I've never been to, to the store myself, but I, everyone goes there and gets a ham and it's, you know, great. Uh, but I think ham is one of the most overrated dishes in Thanksgiving. Okay. Because obviously it's turkey day and all that stuff. I mean, everyone know what everyone is saying. But ham, you know, it's just, you know, like I like the honey and all the glaze and all that crap on the outside and stuff like that, but it's just a pain in the ass, man. I'm telling you, right, like, when you have to, like, uh, like say, say you get it yourself, right? And usually at my at my family Thanksgiving, it's always, like, cut already. It's like that. You just pick it. All right? you, you get your slices or whatever. But... If, if you go and get it right, you have to like you know pick it off the bone, and it's like it's just a it's just a pain in the ass. Like I'm really lazy, so it's like I don't want to sit there and have to pick it off the bone, and then it like rips, and then you're you're pissed off, and then you're trying to like I don't know. It's just, it's, it's I'm with you. Mess. I, I, I it's <laughs> never been a part of ours our traditions for sure. We stick uh, we stick uh, strictly with the turkey, um, but yeah, yeah, I know that some people go with the, the honey baked ham too, but nah. I'm, I'm a turkey a, guy. Have you ever had a deep fried turkey? I've only had oven baked turkeys. The deep fried, so, I heard, is pretty good. I, I, it's supposed to be pretty good. I had an opportunity <laughs> supposed to, be. to eat to eat one, but I had to leave early. So I, before the deep fried ah, turkey yikes. happened, so I was unable to actually uh, have any of it. But I'm sure it is delicious because anything <laughs> deep fried is delicious. So yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, so that okay. Those those are those are two good ones. I, I, I'm definitely definitely in agreement on I gave, that. I gave a lot of thought today. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Um, so, uh, any other final thoughts here on the two point conversion? So Thanksgiving went well. You got yeah. your food. Um, now it's time, and I think you and I both uh, we, we got to get back on the uh, on the diet train. I think. I think we, we, we uh, were both know. talking. About, well, okay, <laughs> this, this goes against what you were saying to me earlier, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're both saying that man having uh, pizza every show and then having Thanksgiving, and we're, now we're about to hit. I guess what you do is you got to wait till January. Yeah. yeah. Then, then you know, twenty nineteen possibilities are endless. I, I, I remember saying it at the beginning of twenty eighteen. I said this year is going to be different. I remember saying it at the beginning of twenty thirteen. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Honestly, it's like you know, when you go on this diet thing and all that kind of crap. I hate when people say, "Oh, New Year resolution, I'm gonna, I'm gonna travel the world." New Year's resolutions suck. Like, I think they just go away. You know, you're never gonna do what you're gonna do. Like, people say, "Like, I want to do three things on my bucket list." You're never gonna do that. You're never gonna go skydiving. You, you just want, you want to. You saw it in a movie once. Um, but uh, literally, uh, when, when I when I talk about this diet thing, it's like me and Jen were talking about it. We keep saying like to ourselves, "Man, we gotta lose weight. We gotta lose weight." But then. This weekend, we're going to see our family members, and we're having uh, uh, like a kind of a Thanksgiving there as well. Um, so that's going to be crazy um, and fattening as well, um, which is nice uh, because her parents been out, out of the country, so they just got back um, a couple days ago. So literally, uh, we're going there. We're going to eat a lot of fatty foods. We're going to go to the bar and hang out with her, some of her friends and family members, different stuff like that. We're going to do a lot of different things this weekend. So obviously, this ain't going to be on the diet this weekend. But, uh, no. Uh, yeah. So. I think January is definitely the better time because, you know, obviously with the NFL season coming up to an end here, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot more pizza and uh, just a lot of different things that are going to be fattening. So I'll say January is probably a good time frame. But going along with the the next holiday, as as, as you mentioned, I mentioned to you this off air, 
I don't understand when is too early to put up Christmas lights. Now, we could probably get into it next week as well. Uh, maybe when we have a guest on, <coughs> excuse me, when we have a guest on or whatever it may be uh, to see another perspective. But literally, when I look at Christmas lights, like today, I'm driving down the road and everything like that, and I see this person that has, I mean, I, honestly, it's been there probably for a week now. Because I, I, Obviously, we had Thanksgiving break last, last week. Uh, but my God, dude. Like, they had so many... And what's up with inflatables nowadays? Like, I understand that the little stupid snow globe thing they used to have back in the day or just a blow-up Santa or something like that. But, I mean, I saw a blow-up Santa that was in camo today. And I mean, you can't get any more redneck, redneck than that. Redneck <laughs> than that. I can't even talk. But it's like, I mean, what is up with inflatables? And when is too early to put up Christmas lights? Now, I can't really put up Christmas lights in the apartment. I mean, we have inside the apartment. But, I mean, this is just weird, dude. Like, inflatables, like, all over your yard. Like, that's not even festive. That's just, like, lazy, honestly. I mean, you turn on a machine, and it's like, eh, all, all freaking night. Like, well, that's just that's just stupid at my point. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, it's – it's so that is the question is when is too early. So, in my mind, I think – me personally, I think I would not do it until December 1st. I think when you hit December – you can put them out there, but yeah. I think my family and I know some other families that will do. They'll do basically like when Thanksgiving ends, you can kind of turn it over to Christmas time, and that's when you can start putting up Christmas-related stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know about the inflatables and things like that, and, and then uh, but there's 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 a couple streets uh, in the area, and oh look, uh, Islanders have already scored about 30 yep. seconds into the game. Be uh, <laughs> playing playing the Caps here tonight. Terrible um, defense by Kempney. Yeah. So, uh, it's standing around. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. That, so there's a couple streets in uh, in Sterling and and Fairfax where they're famous for their Christmas lights. Yep. Famous, Juniper, you know, locally. Juniper, yep, man. Juniper Street for sure. Um, that's gone. That's gone downhill though. Have you seen it lately? Like last no, year. No, I haven't went, gone in a couple and, years. Dude, last year I went and it was a sad sight, man. Like really? like like you said, it used to be historic. Oh like, yeah. North, North, I mean. Every house had something going on. Like there's, I always been Spider Man and all this different kinds. Of, I mean, it's the funny thing is that like you literally look at it now and it's like people. I understand people moved away and stuff like that, but that used to be like a stipulation to, when you're on that street is you have to decorate for Christmas stuff like that. But I don't know if I don't know what's going on with that street. But last year was pretty uh pr- pretty weird just to, I mean to see 50 percent of the street was knit, not lit up dude like I was very surprised yeah that was always the tradition as everybody gets in the car and drives down Juniper Street and uh yeah, no down holiday time and checking out so yeah I mean for me I, I I mean personally I like I said I'd probably wait till I hit December but as long as you know as long as things are festive and you get the lights going and that, that's all that matters but yeah I agree some folks that put up the crazy crazy inflatables uh, it, it can be a little much but we'll, we'll get some other thoughts on this for sure um, when we bring in some some other folks to chat. Uh, get a little third-person perspective. Exactly, exactly. So that about does it for the two-point conversion. We'll step aside here and come on back for our final segment. We'll talk some Washington Capitals hockey, maybe even very briefly on the Wizards, and then uh, <laughs> uh, some Pine Pony Express. So come on back for the next segment here of the DC Crossover. The DC Crossover is presented by Perando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit perandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. 
Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back to the final segment here of the DC Crossover. Uh, talking some Caps hockey here is... Uh, we haven't had much of a chance to talk too much about the Washington Capitals this season. Is it's kind of been an up and down, and definitely of late, it is for sure an upward swing as Tom Wilson returns and the Caps are red hot. It's like a new, like a new season, man. It really does feel like that as we're only in mid-November, but the Caps have won uh, six of the, their last seven, um, including. Uh, recently over the weekend, wings over my Detroit wings, 3-1, and then the Rangers on uh, Saturday, 5-3. So taking on the Islanders here tonight, Mike, and uh, those listening to the show will already know the final score, but for right now, it's 1-1. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things, and, and you and I have texted about it, where uh, you know Tom Wilson makes a, a giant difference, and that's kind of, and you can see it's evident here right now is the guy, and I, I got to see it firsthand in person uh, in that game against the Wings on Saturday, where uh, and Wilson scored, or in Friday rather, uh, and Wilson scored in that game. But um, you know he he just again just makes a, a giant difference everywhere on the ice. I mean the physicality uh, he gets involved in it seems like almost every single play. He takes advantage of his scoring situations. He's picking up points left and right. Nine points in seven games now. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean uh, what more can be said about the impact this guy has on the team? Mike they feel like now they're back to the Washington Capitals again. The regular Capitals that we saw last year. Yeah and like you just mentioned that basically the game going on right now with the Isles it's a big game, number one, uh, obviously, because Barry Trotz is on the other bench and whatnot. But uh, on a side note, he just scored uh, the opening goals. So now he has 10 points. Um, and this game's obviously not even over. So 10 points through eight games so far, uh, which even you mentioned it yourself, Ben. And I totally agree with you. He's not going to come back and give you a ton of points, just like that. He'll give you some 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 flashy points here or there. But he's, uh, he's basically uh, a guy out there to... I guess you could say hold down that first line. That first line uh, with Ovechkin and uh, Kuznetsov, who is right now is hurt. Um, you know that that's really uh, the line that's got to be nailed down because you got the skill players uh, with Ovechkin and Kuzi. I mean, look at Kuzi, what he did in the playoffs, and also what he's done this season as well. Um, you know, he's first on the team in assists. Actually, excuse me, but now that he's hurt, he's not first on the team in assists. He was earlier, but his, I mean, literally. He has 21 points, and he's been off the ice for a handful of games now. So that's that's pretty damn well uh, put. But at the same time, you're looking at uh, him being, like I said, that catalyst for the first line that has really brought the physicality. Because if you have, like, a Brett Connolly or whoever it may be on that first line, Jacob Vrana sometimes, th- that's not a Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's out there to make sure that people are, are not – you know, taking advantage of uh, a smaller lineup in, in OV, not, not saying OV small, but, you know, like like a Kuznetsov. Like, they're not fighters. Ovechkin and Kuznetsov are not fighters. So, you know, if you see Tom Wilson out there, he's going to give you, you know, a, a couple points here or there and stuff like that and, and, and bring the physicality where, you know, he takes the pressure off these uh, other two superstars on our team. That's a big deal. That's what you're seeing now is, you know, he's kind of got like an extended – uh, uh, preseason basically because now he has 10 points which is you know, right now he's averaging over a point a game which is phenomenal so literally this is the eighth game he's been back uh, they've won six of the first seven that he's been back which is I mean it's a big jolt people were saying it all over social media and other platforms that 
the uh, the Stanley Cup uh, hangover is is done now. Like this is it's it's over. Like there's there's nothing else to say. It's over. They're seven and three in their last ten. They've won five straight. Uh, in, in these last seven games with Tom Wilson back, they scored 26 goals, uh, which is an average of 3.71 per game, which is 0.28. Which I mean, how much can you? But 0.28 is a pretty good jump in seven games uh, above their actual average. And the defense, as we mentioned before, has also helped as well. 17 goals against in the last seven games. Uh, that's a 2.42 per game, which is 0.71, almost a goal below their average since Tom Wilson's been back. So, I mean, honestly, you have to look at it being, hey, this is the jolt they need. They needed, and especially with Oshie and, and Kuznetsov ailing, that's a big deal to have Tom Wilson back, and especially winning all these games like you were there against the Wings on Friday. This is a different team right now with Tom Wilson on the ice than it has been in the first uh, uh, 20 or so games. Yeah, the Caps are tied for second best in the league uh, since November 3rd. Only the Sabres are hotter than them. Uh, in Buffalo, it's definitely a hot team. I, again, watched them yeah. beat the Red Wings uh, the other day. But, uh, yeah, I, I, the, the amazing thing is, is all of this is happening, as you said, without Kuznetsov and, and Oshie as well. So they aren't even back at full strength. So then with the team being this red hot without uh, two of their best players, uh, again, just imagine when those guys do heal up and then suddenly this is a full strength team. And, uh, I mean, this is why... Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of folks didn't really necessarily look at this team as a possible back-to-back uh, type uh, Stanley Cup contending team, but I think you know this is showing right now that, and I saw it firsthand. I mean, they're a well-oiled machine, Mike. I mean, they yeah. just you, you can tell the difference uh, between a team like obviously Detroit and the team like Washington Capitals and some of the others out there. Where, I mean. These guys have been playing together for a long time. The system is clearly established. They know what they're doing, and they're a real smooth team. They're they're just absolutely red hot. Now, 29 points on the season. Uh, that is good for first in the Metro. So this is, uh, you know, again, still plenty of hockey left to be played. But this, this is a great time for the Washington Caps to kind of Maybe just go into the end of here of 2018 and, and finish November strong and have a good December and uh, really get going a, again in January and keep this going. Because obviously, Mike, you know, there's some teams to catch up to in uh, in the Atlantic there with uh, Tampa Bay and Buffalo and Toronto, some teams playing some really good hockey. Um, but for now, the Caps are owning that Met right uh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you're looking at the Eastern Conference right now that – Really, it's it's Tampa Bay's to lose. Buffalo, they have a lot of you know you know younger stars and whatnot, but I don't think they don't they have the playoff experience. Obviously, because Buffalo has been you know they they've sucked over the past ten years. Uh, but literally, the biggest thing is uh, with Austin Matthews still out for Toronto. That's a big deal. Um, but if the Caps just stay hot, I mean that that's the one thing you got to look at because you know we we said it that Buffalo is the hottest team right now, winning nine straight. Okay. But, you know, look, Tampa Bay, Toronto, they're 7-3-0 in the last 10, just like the Caps are. Uh, the Islanders, who were in first for a little while, you know, with Barry Trotz at the helm, they, they've struggled as of late, going 5-4-1 and one in their last uh, 10. But really, it's just it's just one of those, one of those uh, parts of the season where, you know, last year, they actually had a, a little bit of a worse record. Like, it's barely better right now than it was last year. And last year, you know, they started slow. And they ended up picking it up a little bit, you know, later in the season. Uh, but again, this is not one of the. I don't think. Obviously, this is one of those teams that's going to be a President's Trophy winner team. I mean, you have guys like Victor Hedman and uh, Steven Stamkos and all these type of guys over at Tampa 
where you know last year you're up two nothing and all of a sudden in the playoffs they won and uh, they, they reeled off three straight. I mean, we've all. I mean, even people uh, that don't even watch hockey uh, have heard it before that hockey is is a game of hot and cold. It's not a game of inches. I mean, you know, you can say that for you know hitting a pipe here or there or something like that, but it's it's a game of if you're hot, you're hot. If you're cold, you're cold. And that's the thing is, right now the Caps are hot because they got a little jolt to their offense. Just imagine right now uh, what their scoring could be like if two of your you know t- basically two of your top guys. Um, I should say uh, two of your top five point getters uh, were on the ice uh, because TJ Oshie, a big staple for that second line, Kuznetsov, uh, prob- probably now um, you could say he's probably the best center. He has five games less than Backstrom and only four points less. So, I mean, Kuznetsov is probably going to be one of the, 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 the premier centers in the entire NHL here in the next decade. So, honestly, just think about how much better it could be. But think about it right now hey if they're playing this well without those two on the ice i'll take it all day every day because some of the guys that are on the ice lately i mean the last few games i'm, I'm sure you saw the same thing against the wings i mean some guys you're just like who the hell is that oh yeah there were some <laughs> names some names i did not recognize and i'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world but i i, I know most of those caps names for following the team for the past couple of years and there were some guys where it was like who the heck are you? Um, yeah, uh, games coming up ahead. Uh, Friday, they take on the Devils, and then it's Anaheim. The big rematch with Vegas on the 4th. Uh, I believe that's in uh, in Vegas. And they've got you know Arizona mixed in there, Columbus. You've got Detroit back at home when they return back. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of uh, big games left here in the month of December before we hit the new year. So uh, definitely keep an eye out on this team, and we'll be kind of covering them. Uh, here and there over the next month or so, especially if they keep up the hot streak um, for for sure. So I, I guess what we'll do is we'll um, just r- r- real quick, uh, a couple minutes or less. Uh, so the Washington Wizards, we, we, we talked about them uh, a little bit last week and or actually a lot last week. And uh, yeah. they, they've been a big subject of, of this show and not a whole lot has improved um, with the Wizards. Uh, you, you're kind of having some wins here and there. Um, but I think overall, I mean, you had a game the other night where the Washington Wizards shot a 46 three-pointers. And they, only, and, they o- and they only made nine of them. So this, you know, this offense is pretty disastrous. There was a, but, but the reason I bring them up is there was a tweet today. Um, let me see what the source was. Because um, uh, Dan Nampha sent this over to me. Um, Chris Sheridan uh, on Twitter Oh, good old Chris. Yes, Chris said, uh, I believe he's one of those NBA insider guys. His his source says, uh, Brad Beal has made it known in no uncertain terms that he wants out of Washington pronto. So it appears that Bradley Beal, uh, according to uh, veteran journalist Chris Sheridan, um, who actually follows us. No, he does not. Um, that uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought he did for a second. That uh, Bradley Beal wants out of uh, D.C., which you know we, we, we kind of figured was the case, and we kind of thought that they may be blowing things up regardless. Um, but uh, that is kind of the latest. But we haven't heard one of the actual players say, hey, let's 
uh, I want out. So according to the source, that is the case. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I know some possible landing spots include places like Charlotte. I think Memphis has been topped around, uh, tossed around. Uh, you know, there's obviously plenty of teams that would want to score like Bradley Beal, and apparently the Wizards aren't one of them. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of see um, how that goes. Uh, but by the way, I, I think our score update, Mike, right now for Wizards Rockets here in the first quarter, 30-13 Rockets. Beating nice. the Washington Wizards. The Wizards currently seven Already down by seventeen. <laughs> seven and twelve on the season. They're kind of sitting there, you know, surprisingly tenth in the East. But the Eastern Conference teams are just beating each other up right now. Um, so you know, you lose a couple games, the next thing you know, you're down with Atlanta at the, at the cellar of, of the of the conference. So uh, this this will be interesting to kind of see how this all plays out. Wizards. Five and five in their last ten, um, so they've been better of late. But what, that, what, what does that do for you, though? Like literally. Well, exactly. Like, you don't want to be in the tenth spot or the ninth spot or eleventh spot or twelfth spot. Th- those are the worst possible positions to be in in the NBA. Uh, makes zero sense. I mean, they're they're letting up. I believe what I saw the other day was they're letting up. I think the third most points in the league, which is still pretty amazing. I mean, they're. Think about it though. There's not that one team that's that's you know uh, back in the day like the Spurs or something like that. It's only gonna let up like 97 a game because I mean I think the lowest in the in the, in the league right now is like 103 or something like that. But still, yeah, they're letting up 116 points a game or something like that. I mean if you look at it the other night, and it's obviously this this game could probably go that way as well because obviously they're you know it's only five minutes left to go in the first and they already let up 33 points. But literally. You know, they let up 114 to the Pelicans. That was an amazing win somehow. 125 to the Raptors, 118 to the Clippers, you know, 119, 115, 100. I mean, it's just, it's just like you look at it and it's yeah, like. Yeah, they do not play defense. This, 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 yeah, so it's, it's like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, geez Louise, you could have, you know, three you know pieces of wood out there that could play better defense than that. Because it's like, I mean, I, it, it makes zero sense to me. But that's the one thing I got to ask you now that we have the report. Because that's the first time I've actually heard that report is, you know what? They had those talks last week when we talked to Alex on the phone as well uh, about possibly having uh, the Pelicans in, in talks maybe for auto or something like that. Would you, If you could not get rid of John Wall and Bradley Beal, or excuse me, John Wall and Otto Porter, like if there's no way in hell you could get rid of them right now, do you think that you would have to get rid of Bradley Beal just, just to get rid of one of the contracts? Like, what would, what would you, I mean, because yeah. his, obvious, his obviously is the most friendly, but... I mean, he's the best player on our team. Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those things where you would much rather build around Bradley Beal um, than than John Wall or, or, or Otto Porter at this point. Um, but that may not be the case because those two, their, their stocks might be down. But uh, then again, Otto Porter did play pretty well against the Pelicans, but they are the Pelicans. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if you get rid of the, the Beal contract, um, you, you could get some possible return there. I know with Memphis, you would prob- probably ask uh, for somebody like Jaron Jackson Jr., who's the rookie uh, from Memphis, some younger guys to build around. I know the Pelicans deal. Alex had talked about maybe throwing in Julius Randle, um, who, nice. who, who absolutely dominated the Wizards uh, the other night. So, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with if, if the Wizards want to – you know, ship off a guy like Bradley Beal and in return get some big men, um, you know, maybe one pretty you know, good 
forward and then a couple, you know, a draft pick here and there. I mean, I think Beal, you can get a pretty big haul for at this point. I think he's well, is still... It, is it, well, not to interrupt you, but is there any way they, they, they could do what the Caps did, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like they did with the Brooks Orpic deal, where they told the Avalanche, hey, you can take, you know, Grubauer off our hands, but you got you to gotta eat this, you know, this, this, this Orpic contract. Because if they did that with Jan Mahimi, that would be... I mean, it'd probably save Ernie his job, of course, like always. But, I mean, do you think they could easily try to do something with that where they it's could possible. maybe eat half the contract? It's something? possible, especially if they find a, a trade partner that's desperate enough and, and wants a, te- uh, a guy like Bradley Beal. I think I think Bradley, as good as Bradley Beal is, uh, I think some teams may want him uh, and, and, and be okay with how bad Jan Mahimi is and that yeah. contract. Because, yeah, that, that's the big thing with the Wizards. They have to get these guys off the be- off the books. I mean, you were showing oh, yes. me earlier, I mean, they're, 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 they're dishing out some of the highest salaries in not just basketball, but in sports. sports. Um, and, uh, and that's just and, – and for a team to be in 10th place and probably should be even lower – uh, and, and paying that much for their guys, uh, they got to they got to get rid of some of these. Uh, and that's bad metrics. too. Is Scott Scott Brooks is is I think he's a good coach, but I mean he's just getting the short end of the stick here. I mean that's the biggest thing you got to look at is I mean he's probably the best coach that we've had uh, in the last four. You could say probably. I mean Flip Saunders, uh, you know he he was a pretty good coach. Guy rest his soul, but you know at the same time I just I mean I think that. Scott Brooks, you know, with the way he, he, he likes to play, the, the way he uh, dominated in OKC, yes, he did have, you know, Harden as a sixth man and, and KD and, and, and Russ, but at the same time, you know, he, he's a pretty darn good coach. That's what I believe, but, you know, I, he, I think he's going to get the shaft here, uh, you know, before anybody else does for the most part. It's possible. It's definitely possible. I think I think it's just he doesn't have the He'll players. Be happy with that too. <laughs> yeah, I, he just doesn't have the, 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 the guys just don't fit his system, I guess. And, it just, it's just hasn't been a good fit. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them as the days progress, especially if Bradley Beal gets traded or some giant move makes. We'll do an emergency podcast where, where we'll just kind of give our reactions on, on what happened. So let's move on to our final segment of the show. That is the Pine Pony Express, uh, where we talk about um, some, some various news stories out there. And uh, so mine, mine, Mike, is not an actual it's, – it's not a story. It's more of a, a video, and I guess I'll – I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll share it on Twitter or something like that. Um, but okay. I don't know if you saw this from the Sunday night football game, the Vikings-Packers game. But did you see the old uh, old man, uh, Vikings fan, uh, uh, take on the young Packers fan and put him in a headlock? Yes, and, like, I saw that. <laughs> that was incredible. And every, hey, that about? everybody's Please. hashtag is saying about you know old man strength and things like that. That guy, I would not mess around with that guy. That guy was. Uh, I think it was just, you know, the Packers fan was probably being obnoxious. It, it looked like he, the guy was in his uh, early 20s or, or late teens or something. And that guy, that, this was a, a very old gentleman, and he puts the guy in a headlock. It was incredible video to watch. It's not really news. It's more of just <laughs> uh, incredible. Yeah, I saw that. It was actually pretty funny. I saw it on, uh, I think I saw it on Instagram today. And- I don't know what the Packers fan was doing, but of course, most everyone hates Packers fans. Anyways, yeah, exactly. Because they're, they're just losers. I mean, the cheese head thing. And what's, what's the point of going to Lambeau Field and freezing your ass off? Uh, you know, when, when you know, the, the field is frozen, they have to shovel snow from the yard, yardage markers. I mean, this is the worst time on earth. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's Milwaukee, Green Bay, wherever the hell you're from, have at it. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can go check that out. I'm sure it's on every freaking social media site out there right now. But, Gotta uh, be. Um, my my uh, Pine Pony Express, excuse me, is um, titled 
uh, Antarctica scientist stabbed colleague for spoiling book endings. <laughs> I think I saw um, this. Oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah, it came out uh, like late in October, but I've been saving it because uh, I usually follow, I follow Michael Jenkins on a lot of platforms, and he just he shares the funniest stuff sometimes. And this is one of his things. And literally, it's it says in the first attempted murder ever on the frozen continent of Antarctica, a Russian scientist reportedly snapped and allegedly tried to stab a colleague to death because the victim kept giving away the endings of the books he was reading. That is <laughs> hilarious. Oh my god, the, the, the names of these guys too I mean, you can't get any more Russian than this Sergei Savitsky Had been, he should, should play, be playing hockey uh, Savitsky had been Trying to use literature to pass The lonesome months at the Bellingshausen station On King George Island But his colleague Oleg Bologosov, whatever the hell that means. Sure, I'm uh, sure that's how they pronounce it. Yep, exactly like that. Was making it impossible to enjoy his hobby. <laughs> oh my god. That is hilarious. Just imagining him just, you know, a pile of books next to him, and every time he gets to the end, he <laughs> loudly reads the ending out loud. Uh, Ju- Judy dies. Because <laughs> these it's these two scientists they're in this remote part of the world and you know, you know that they, they're already getting on each other's nerves. I mean I've, I've shared offices with guys where I'm just like, I, I mean, th- that's only eight hours and, or nine hours, and I, I, they're getting on my nerves. Imagine spending every day in the Arctic tundra. Uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> and you know that he, he got great joy out of uh, reading uh, the endings. I mean, nobody likes anything being spoiled for them. I know you're in a relationship, Mike. And do, yeah. do you, Are there shows that you and Jen are, are watching together where it's one of those situations where if, if, if one of you guys skips ahead – uh, you know, there's going to be problems. I mean, there's there's been times that uh, you know we we. I mean, it could be in video games, it could be in a, a show, or um, I mean, a lot of the shows that we watch uh, are usually together, um, like right before we go to bed or something like that. Yeah. yeah our schedules right now are kind of different, stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to uh, just try to find time to watch the show. And uh, of course, the other ones like don't watch the show without me, all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, th- there's been times, but it hasn't been too detrimental where I want to stab my girlfriend. Well, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't face. think it would be that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Uh, Abby pulled a nice one on me where, because uh, we've been watching some Netflix put out in Jeopardy up on uh, uh, on Netflix right. some recent seasons of Jeopardy. Oh, it's been and, and it's from like it's from like five years ago, but it's still fantastic. <laughs> um, and so we've been watching all those. And uh, there was we were we, we were watching one one night and, and she was just getting you know like every other question right, and I was suddenly Damn. like I was suddenly like you know what this this isn't good because you're you're clearly a hundred times smarter than me, um, and uh, I, and you know and I'm just feel felt like an idiot. And then you know about halfway <laughs> through the episode, I kind of started realizing there's no way that there were things that she was answering where I was like there's just absolutely no way you would know this I mean this is like a, a 12th century poet from you know <laughs> Nor- Norwegian you know or Norway not Norwegia see there you go Norwegia. That's, that's that's the smarts um, from Norway it's like there's I, I know you there's no way you would absolutely you would know this and then she revealed that she had already watched the episode of Jeopardy but that that ah. makes me think of uh, oh god what's the movie oh Groundhog Day where uh 
where he's every every day uh, Jeopardy's on the TV at the hotel or wherever he was staying at, um, and then eventually he watches it so many times that he's just sitting there not even looking at the screen and just he's saying every single answer, and all the people in the in the, in the place are just absolutely amazed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so so the the Russian scientists killed the other Russian scientist for spoiling the end of the yep. book. I can kind of get that. Um, you know, especially... It's, it says, to, to end it real quick, it says, the uh, 55-year-old Savitsky finally had enough and allegedly plunged a kitchen knife, not even a sharp knife, a kitchen knife, into the chest of his 52-year-old tormentor. <laughs> nice. like, some big God. moves, man. This guy, is, this guy is insane. That is some big moves. <laughs> that, I don't even know if I could ever top that story. Oh man! Uh, well, you, you, you might, you might. Something might come out here yeah, the next couple weeks. Then again, you know, <laughs> however many shows you and I do together, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we just gotta start. We gotta start finding the uh, the for the foreign uh, news because apparently yeah, people are nuts out there. Oh yeah, that's for sure. It's, it's foreign or Florida. That's the the two places <laughs> to look at. Um, so that about does it for the Pine Pony Express. Feel free to email us. Uh, if you find any news stories that you find interesting, you can email me, Ben, at dccrossover.com or on Twitter at the DC Crossover or find Mike on Twitter at Cerrone16. Uh, so final thoughts, Mike. You know, we've got uh, some pretty big sports uh, events, you know, going on here uh, with, with the Wizards drama, the Caps yep. resurgence, the Redskins kind of hanging on to with dear life to their season. Um, and then, meanwhile, the Washington Nationals just absolutely doing nothing in free agency except for signing guys that caught for them five years ago. So, um, you know, it's... Guys that are about to be retired. It is never a dull moment in the world of D.C. sports. Um, and we will keep you in the loop with all things right here on the D.C. crossover. Uh yeah, Mike, so I think what we'll do is next week plan on chatting after the Monday night football game, and then we'll bring the folks uh, a full podcast uh, with us uh, within the next couple weeks here to kind of talk about everything and uh, see where we're at to this point while the Wizards probably um, get sent down to the G League and not exist <laughs> in, in the NBA anymore. And, and, we hope. And we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Mike, you got some Thanksgiving leftovers going on? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't know how that came about, but I mean, real. I mean, we had uh, some sweet potato casserole that we basically just took back, um, and uh, Jen put away and stuff like that. We ate it, I think, last night or the night before, and uh, and so I don't really have any Thanksgiving leftovers. I'm kind of surprised, but then again, I'm sure because we had so many people there, a lot of people took stuff and you know whatever. But I was too busy watching the Redskins game, and uh, I wasn't really paying attention to that too much. But I have, um, I gotta make some dinner for the the lovely girlfriend tonight. Um, you know, she's coming home here uh, soon, and I gotta make some dinner after I edit the episode. All right, the uh, chef de Cerrone. Not really, uh, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I like seasoning, though. I like seasoning. I think I'm a good uh, seasoner. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, this guy's a loser. Um, but uh, really, uh, it's, a lo- it's gonna be a long week, man. I got two more days of work. Then I'm, uh, I'm I'm pulling hooky or what's it called? Playing hooky. Um, not pulling hooky. I'm playing hooky uh, on uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, still get paid for it, obviously. But um, I'm, uh, I'm going to Indianapolis this weekend, so it's going to be a, a nice long weekend where Jen can see a lot of our family members. And it's another, like I said before, another acting Thanksgiving, basically with a lot of fats and beer and, and, and liquor. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Like you mentioned here, Ben, is it's going to be a fun-filled week. Obviously, the Redskins and the Eagles game is on Monday night, so that's going to be nice. 
to get to, to nice, uh, I guess, hopefully re- have a redemption Monday night game, unlike the Saints game. Um, but uh, really, I think it's going to be a fun week uh, to see how the Caps keep progressing. Obviously, right now, as we record this episode, it's 1-1 in the first intermission against the Isles. Um, and the Wizards, hopefully, uh, uh, maybe we'll hear about a trade. You never know. Yeah, but, um, you, you never know. That's for sure. Yeah, well, safe so. travels, my friend, and enjoy Indianapolis. Appreciate uh, it, man. Go, go say hi to Andrew Luck. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> and, uh, well, and, and Indy's, Indy's not the biggest city, though. Like People think, like, I, I was pleasantly surprised. The first time I went there, Indy's not a huge city. It's like you can drive from like, one into the next in like, a half an hour. Well, we'll get your report <laughs> when on your return. That is uh, Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. And this is the DC Crossover. Be sure to subscribe and like. Uh, get, rate us. Uh, on on iTunes as well. Um, And again, uh, feel free to listen to some of our past episodes of the DC Crossover. Hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to let us know. And uh, that about does it for another episode right here on the DC Crossover. Let's set fire to the lights and run away.